Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Joan Milmire and this is episode 128, Planning a Year of Knitting. Hello, hello, welcome into episode 128. How are you? I am good since last time we spoke last week and I hope you are too. I'm Jo, I'm your host for today and in this episode we're going to be talking about planning a year of knitting. It's not going to be some big heavy ass planning sesh thing because it's the week before Christmas. All we're all, all thinking about is eating a shed load of mince pies clocking off and chilling out with some crap telly, a box of quality streets or equivalent, uh, probably equivalent, I'm not much of a Nestle girl, and um, getting into some Christmas knitting and chilling out, putting your feet up in front of the fire, listening to yet more Christmas songs, probably having a little glass of sherry. Oh, that would be the ideal for me. That's not going to happen. I'll tell you for why in a bit, but that's where we are. So why am I talking about planning and a year of knitting. Well, it's on my mind at the moment and a lot of people are talking about uh, Make Nine in 2019 and I've been thinking about it because I have a pra- very practical reasons for doing so. So I'll get into what we're going to be talking about in a little while. But first of all, can I welcome back any uh, returning listeners? It's always good to have you back with me. Lots of you have been getting in touch over the last week or two, which I really, really appreciate. And if you're a new listener today, welcome. I hope you'll enjoy hanging out with us, talking about a bit of knitting planning and having a little bit of a laugh. So first up, I have some kind of housekeeping, I guess. Uh, There's been some issues with iTunes, with reviews on iTunes this past week. And somebody somebody did leave me one and I had planned to thank that person on the show this week. However, there's been some weirdness going down, not just with my podcast, with some other podcasts as well, whereby reviews and ratings have randomly disappeared over the last week or so. Uh, Most of mine are still there. Most of them are still there, which is great. Obviously, I'd be really annoyed if iTunes had got rid of some of the work that my listeners had done that would be quite irritating because you've obviously gone and done that for me and um, that would bug me quite a lot. But I know there was definitely one person who left me a review this week and it's annoying me because I didn't write it down at the time and now I can't find it because it's disappeared. So if you have left a review as well this week, if you are that person, thank you. Please email me so I can thank you personally. And if you have left a review this week of the podcast, then just be aware that it might not be there. Sometimes it does take a little while for reviews to show up, but this is definitely a bigger thing where things are disappearing basically. So I apologise if you have left a a review and it's not there. There's very little I can do about it, unfortunately, because it's a, it's a wider thing than just my podcast. But thank you all the same if you have gone and done that for me. And if you haven't and you would like to, leave me a review on iTunes just to get get the numbers back up after some have disappeared, then that would be awesome as well. And I'll leave uh, instructions to a video in the show notes of how you can do that. It's super easy. 
So yeah, other than that, I've got some news. The podcast is going to be relocating on a more permanent basis as of this Saturday. And it's not going to be within the UK for a change. If you've been listening for a little while or watching my stories over on Instagram for a little while, you'll know that recently, over the past kind of 18 months or so, two or two years really, we've been spending a little bit of time in the Far East and we are going to be spending a bit more time out there on a more permanent basis than being here as of this weekend, which is exciting. And I'm very much looking forward to sharing some of that whole new thing with you because nobody else is talking about that in English on a knitting podcast as far as I'm aware. And you know me, I like to be a little bit different and bring some firsts for you. It was the first audio podcast from South Africa. Not the only one now, obviously, but it was the first one on knitting. And I would like to share some of my adventures with you from the Far East now, which is exciting, is exciting. However, as you can imagine, girlfriend got some stuff going on and you guys know like you've been with me a long time a lot of you uh, unless you're new today in which case you've not but I move house a lot like I am that person where I need 15 extra sheets when you have to put your addresses down for the last six years or as it's got to now I literally have to go into Amazon and look up my old postcodes because I can no longer remember them and I sort of like merge them together and then it's sort of a guessing game at whichever place you're putting down these old postcodes as to whether you've got the right bits of postcode together and this show has lived itself in South Africa, Lincolnshire, Fife, Murray, two places in the northwest and and soon it'll be another place in the far east which is cool, which is cool. But that obviously meant that I've got a lot of stuff to get done. And right now I should really be back in suitcases because we're meant to be leaving on Thursday and we've not packed anything yet. We've not packed anything. I've got two bottles of Gordon Castle gin that I've put on the spare bed because that's got to come with us. And I've got six skeins of yarn and that's all I've done. So naturally at this point, And I don't know if anyone else is like me. And if you are, please do email me or send me a message or chat to me in the Facebook group or whatever, because I've been made to feel recently like I'm a little bit of a weirdo for being like this. And I don't believe this to be the case. Like it can't just be me. I'm not that special. I'm not. But obviously, because we're going to be going away and it's not like I don't have enough to do, I've decided that I now need to get everything done that's been on my to-do list for the last two years, including attaching fairy lights to the bottom of a picture shelf in the kids rooms yes we were at Ikea earlier buying picture shelves because I would literally wake up in a cold sweat at night knowing that those those bloody fairy lights were not where I wanted them to be and that picture shelf had not been done yet and I wanted them done like deciding to paint the ensuite and the bathroom main bathroom beautiful shade of blue because I've had the paint, I bought the paint six weeks ago and I wanted it done then, didn't get it done. So naturally this week I'm doing it because it needs to be done. I'll be waking up in a cold sweat, like it will bug me knowing it's not done. It's already annoying me enough knowing I'm not going to get to that utility room, to be honest with you. I've picked a nice orca for that in case you're wondering. And it'll bug me, it'll annoy me. It's already annoying me that despite the fact that I have indeed painted the beautiful blue colour in the previously hitherto very much shades of natural and beige boring bathroom and ensuite that I have not managed to source and install cupboards 
in the ensuite and the main bathroom like I have in my head exactly what I want and I've not managed to get those done that's upsetting me but almost upsetting me more is the fact that I'd spotted some nice water hyacinth baskets for putting bog rolls in that would look nice by the side of the toilet in my newly freshly painted bathroom and ensuite and I haven't been able to go and procure those yet from Matalan either so obviously I'm, I'm, I'm losing a little bit of sleep over this kind of stuff along with this because there's, there's all sorts of other things in the background, like procuring hanging plants. Like I want some macrame hanging baskets because I'm so hipster, right? Like if, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm massively into interiors, which doesn't always look obvious on Instagram because my house can be a little bit untidy at times, but I am massively into interiors. So I want these hanging baskets. I mean, ideally macrame, but I'm not that handy with macrame, so it's just going to have to be whatever. But I've, I managed to find some interim hanging baskets in Ikea and then there weren't any plants big enough to fit in it. So, I mean, that, again, another reason to stay awake at night. And I'm well aware this is all kind of, you know, surface level stuff and it's hashtag first world problems. But I feel like I'm that I'm going to be hibernating for the winter. I need to get everything done in the same way that I now need to go through and throw everything out. Like I need to go sort through all the kids' clothes and I need to have the clothes that are getting recycled. I need to have the clothes that go into the charity shop. I need to have the shoes that are being sent to the orphans. Like I need to have it all there and done and sent. I feel like I have to do every job basically that has ever been on my to-do list in order that I can leave. And unless I find some way to quantum mechanics this stuff done it's going to be a big problem for me like there's going to be a lot of stuff on there that I've not managed so yeah it's a little bit stressful not in any way helped of course by the fact that we're meant to get visas last week and ended up only getting them this week because somebody not me spent all day filling out the forms which were the wrong forms by the way and then managed to leave my passport on the scanner in the house whilst we were on a train to Manchester. So yeah, it all got a little bit stressful. But along with that, taking it back to the knitting, of course, is this thing that, like, I need to do all the things. I need to bottom my house and paint the underside of the, you know, the bog or whatever. You know, like, I need to do all of these things. That My water hyacinth toilet roll basket is a big problem for me right now. (laughs) I said that's such a knob but it is like I want it just done like all these things I want just done and that also extends to the knitting so I've been having to have a big think about what I'm going to take with me and I know we've talked quite recently about planning for holiday knitting and, and travel knitting and how do you decide what to take on your holidays and this idea of how much is enough I mean how many emergency skins do you take what do you take as an emergency skin for a two-week, four-week holiday. This is going to be stash separation for quite some considerable time. And I've talked about stash separation before. I think it was a blog post. It was It's an old one. I might have to re, revisit that. But when I moved to South Africa, so it must have been the blog because I only started the podcast in South Africa, I was separated from my stash whilst it was sea freighted to South Africa. So it's two months basically to get there a considerable amount of time. So I packed out all of my stash then because we were moving the entire house. We're not doing that this time. Our house is still going to be here. We're going to be staying over there, but our main property will still be here. When I went to South Africa, our main property was over there. So I was separated from my stash for like two, two and a half months by the time it was actually delivered and unpacked and everything. 
I'd been on that low, you know, like a very lean knitting kit until then. And it wasn't maybe so much of a, a big deal then, I suppose, because I had less of it. But it was definitely a thing that the further away my stash was, the further away my mojo went. And because I didn't have all these like pots of potential around me and these little skeins, and these patterns, these needles, whatever around me, I found that I didn't feel as creative and I didn't want to knit on the stuff I had partially because I'm a bit of a rebel and I wanted to knit the stuff that was on the container ship and then as soon as it turned back up it was like my mojo came back again and there was all these things that I wanted to knit and I was suddenly interested in making things again. Now I'm kind of in this kind of purgatory in-betweeny type scenario whereby I already have some stash that I took out in summer for my summer of knitting that just did not happen like it was just it's still a draw of potential basically but I took these different skins I was super excited about for summer and I just didn't get as much done as I thought I would which is fine like nobody's beating me up about it but now I've got to think about what other stuff I want to take and we're at that natural point where it's the end of a year as well and everyone's talking about planning for next year and make nine in 2019 and all this kind of stuff and then we're moving and starting a new thing as well. Quite apart from the time thing, it's a distance thing. It's a space thing, space and time. Stash equation. There's got to be some knitting physics in this. And I've got to like look at it all again and think, well, what do I want to do? Because it, I've had a lot of things running through my kind of head with it, which I'm, I don't really have a methodology for you yet because I'm still in the middle of it. But what I thought I would do is just share some thoughts about what I'm thinking about doing and what my kind of plan is in the hope that the podcast hive mind might have some good ideas for me and also just so we can kind of revisit it at a later stage and talk about what kind of worked and didn't for this kind of situation so I I have been a little bit kind of struggling about what to take because on one hand I'm like I want to take things it's like new fresh start new environment I'm going to need some nice woolly jumpers I've been wearing my hand-knitted jumpers and cardigans to death recently because it's been a little bit cold the last couple of weeks it's going to be even colder there so I've been thinking about like I want some nice proper wool I want British stuff or local stuff or luxury stuff I don't want local stuff from there I haven't tested it yet don't know how good it is but the reputation of it isn't great so I don't want to rely on that but equally I'm in this whole, I need to to-do list everything to death. And once I've finished painting my ensuite, then I want to um, de-stash things. I want to clear the decks. I want to sort everything out. I want to get rid of the things that don't need to be in there that I'm never going to use because that's my to-do as well. So on one hand, I want to get rid of all of the things. And on the other hand, I'm thinking about what stuff I can't bear to be parted with. For now... I am coming back in, in March, spoiler, at Edinburgh Yarn Festival, so definitely let me know if you're going, but I need to think about what I can take this time round, because it will be limited, like I do have other things to take, because I, clearly I bought prints to take with me, not prints the artist formerly known as, prints as in <laughs> to put on the walls, because I, I like interiors and it'll really upset me if I can't have the right kind of pictures on the walls, and Clearly I have gin. I've already admitted that there are two bottles of Gordon Castle gin on the side and nothing else has been got out to pack. 
But I do have other, you know, like priorities, things I need to take and a lot of tech equipment as well, because I need to take my microphone and all that kind of stuff with me so I can still carry on recording the podcast. So I need enough yarn to basically make sure none of that breaks, I would say. But also, like, we need to be realistic. We do have a, a luggage limit. So between that and the Nukandu wool blankets, <laughs> I've got to figure it out, right? So. I started looking at it and I thought, well, what, what can I do? What do I feel like is a good idea? And instead of approaching it in a logical way, because we're not really, we're beyond the logical space right now. And I guess this is lesson number one, is we're kind of beyond that point where I can sit and logically think about what I would like to knit and what I would like to take and what would be a good contingency plan and what would be a really nice thing that could inspire me and what I could, you know, just if I didn't have enough prints, I could just put in a frame and could become wall art. I mean, I've thought about that many times before. We've talked about this before, right? The time for being ordered about it has passed. We are now in the emotional phase slash slightly rushed phase, whereby it's not possible to do cold-hearted, logical, unemotional planning. We are in the emotional stage. So it is all going to be, I feel like this decisions about this stuff which is not the end of the world you know but maybe not depending on your personality what you would choose to be honest with you I, I would never have got to the cold hard planning stage I am always a bit more intuitive with this stuff it's like well I fancy that I think that would be great I feel like that would be a good idea so naturally what I did was bought some new yarn <laughs> and decided that was going to be like my moving sweater. So I've got some nice, clean, unfettered, unplanned for, full of potential yarn. Not that I've got a lot of fettered yarn, but there's been no energies, no ideas, no previous plans attached to it. It's like when you get married, there's something new thing. That's like how I'm approaching this. So I got some new yarn for moving because I feel like it is going to get a little bit stressful potentially. Uh, I mean, I'm very used to it, so I don't find moving as as stressful as, as other people do, as mortals do, because that's all I ever do. So it's not as much that, so much as just having something to do on all of the hours when we are moving around and traveling, because there will be quite a lot of those. And I am going to have to go and get medicals and things when I get there, and I'm not a massive fan of medicals anyway, so I feel like this could be a good option. So I wanted some nice, fresh, freshly picked yarn. So I've bought five skeins of Exelana DK. It's a Susan Crawford vintage yarn in cornflower. And I've bought one skein of the Exelana DK in Nile green so it's a corn flowery blue a mid blue clear blue like I said middle of the range blue and then the Nile green is a minty green color and with that I am going to knit compass which is the pattern in strange brew which I reviewed I think in 123 it was it was very recently the new ebook by tin can knits it is one of the patterns in there 
and it uses the strange brew sweater shape and it's a ready done pattern for you so they've obviously selected some of the motifs and it's two colors the sample is like a a, a bright red against a main color of a more burgundy richer red less purple than burgundy it's more of a dark red than a purpley red and obviously that caught my eye being red and that'd be my favorite color which is why I went and bought blue and green yarn which is what I always do and I thought this will be a nice thing to work on because I can just do the color work york and then the rest of it is just acres of stocking stitch I know the patterns are great I know they're easy to follow and I would like a nice new fluffy warm jumper to wear when I get there because it's going to be cold so I've done that I'm now umming and ahhing about whether I take my Swift and my Ball Winder there with me, but I think I'm just, I'm just going to wind some of this yarn to start with so I've got some ready. But it's easier to store when it's still in skeins than in, in balls, especially like in your hand luggage and things. So, so that's what I've got. It's my kind of something new. I suppose it could be the something blue as well, but I have that as a kind of planned thing, a new yarn thing. Then the next thing I decided was I want to take my whips that are ongoing. So I've got a lush cardigan that's ongoing. It's nearly done. I'm on the second sleeve, sleeve island with that one, which was knit in Countessa Blaise yarn, the Grande Merino DK. And I don't love the yarn, which is why it's not finished yet. It's just not very plump. It feels a little bit skinny to me. And I've just not liked the resulting material as much as the other ones I've knitted that have definitely been a more, a slightly thicker yarn. I mean, you know, it's it's just gauge, whatevs, but I've not been enjoying that as much. And I think that's why I've not finished it yet, but that's nearly done. So obviously I'm going to take that. And then I have a pair of socks on the go that's knit in Nurturing Fibres Self-Stripe that everyone goes crazy for on Instagram whenever I post the pictures uh, it's called licorice all sorts and it's a mohair merino and nylon blend but uh, it was it was dyed in 2014 it was a one-off then so you can't get it anymore but it's awesome the yarn's really nice to knit with it's very shiny because lots of mohair and it's going to be a nice pair of socks and obviously that's nice it's small it's dead easy I'm doing afterthought heels so no brainer, easy, get it out, do a couple of rows. I knitted a couple of rows on it at the nativity earlier and the fun is all in the yarn there because it changes colour every three or four rows. So really nice, fun stuff to knit without having to think about it. I decided I would need to pack all of the needles that I own, which is quite a lot because I obviously, if I'm going to have multiple projects on the go and I do still have a lot of whips lying around that are on needles, like I'm going to need all of my needles basically with me to give me ultimate flexibility because I'm not sure where I can get higher, higher tips from at this stage there. Although they manufacture them in China, so I mean, like, it's not going to be that hard to find them, I'm sure. But when it's a Western brand, they can be super expensive, even though it's the same. The next one I thought I would take is I have some Yevering Bell Iron Weight Mohair in three different colours. It's from Whistle Bear Yarns. Alice has been on the show before, as has Susan Crawford. She was on quite recently and then way back, I think, in 56. I'll put links to all these interviews in the show notes. But Alice um, of 
Whistleblower has been interviewed on the show before and on that she talks about her boys and them looking after these Wensleydale sheep. She's got four lads and they live up on a farm in Northumberland and I've been to visit the farm. It's amazing. Her boys are wonderful. It's such a nice place and actually she is next year doing some farm open days where she's getting guest tutors to come in and teach at the studio. I'll put details and links to that in the show notes because as far as I know, the tickets are on sale for that or will be shortly. But it's definitely worth the trip out because it's such a beautiful spot and the animals are amazing and great fun and her boys are really cool and it's just a really, really worthwhile place to visit. So I have some of her Aran White yarn. I've got it in three colours. I've got a grey, a kind of tealy green and an apricot. And I want to do something with that. It will probably end up being something out of that strange brew ebook again because there's a lot of variety in there and there's different weights like each pattern is sized for different weights of yarn it's a super book and I have these three colours and I don't really have enough of one I thought about doing a stripey or some kind of contrasty jumper and I think that will give me flexibility to use the colours in quite a clever way so I've got some of that really nice high quality single yarn uh, single farm yarn when uh, not Wensleydale we've got from mohair you know I love a bit of mohair on this I liked mohair before mohair was fashionable again so how we do things on this show then I thought I'm gonna take something luxurious for beading I'm feeling it for taking the Tanami four ply which is one of travel knitters yarns and I've actually been collecting this particular colorway since I sold it to other people when I ran the golden skin it was a one-off colorway that she did for the golden skin called Stromboli it was inspired by a volcano and uh, she went on a visit to this volcano and got to the top and a battery ran out on a digital camera and she couldn't take any pictures took like three pictures and then a battery ran out and lovely really rich red and it's on the Tanami four ply base which is a blend of baby camel and silk which is luscious and I thought that I've got some nice red beads to go with it I'm going to take that as a nice beaded project I'm not assigned a pattern to that yet but I'm going to take that and then I'm just going to pick a random one I'm going to wait to see which which of the babies speaks to me from the box. I'm going to have to get all the boxes out and I'm going to see which of the babies speaks to me and then I'm going to take that yarn baby with me. I'll wait for the random jump out to happen and just trust the yarn gods that that's the right one to take with me. That should be enough to go on with given the speed that I'm currently knitting until March but you get that kind of like oh well, what if I really want something and I'm not taking it with me and <gasps> like in summer I took all of the yarn to knit Malon by Anne Kingston, which I've had the pattern for, again, for about four years. I've had the yarn for, for about four years, five years now. And I really want that yarn knitted. And I got there and I was ready to start this new thing and do this bloody long eye cord to sort it out, start it off. And then I'd forgotten the needles that I needed to do it. So I couldn't knit it. And I didn't know where to even start trying to find them because the only experience I've had of buying needles in China involved literally like random conversations, stilted, broken English conversations. My Mandarin is not up to that yet, needless to say, uh, to get the needles. And they only had um, wooden needles with a really plasticky, quite cheap cable. I didn't want to be using those and I didn't know how to what the word is in Chinese for DPN. Like, and I didn't have any on me to show them. 
So it was a bit of a problem. But obviously now I know I'm going to be doing that. I can make sure I've got all of the stuff that I need because it was all back at home in my needle bag. So that should be enough to go on with. But what I think I'm going to do is whilst I'm there, I'm going to sort out the patterns because I've not been in Ravelry as much as I used to when I first started knitting. And I think we've talked about this before. I feel like it is something that's happening across the board and people are not consciously going logging in there so much or going in the forums so much anymore. And that was definitely something that happened with my group is not as many people were talking and it was the same people speaking. And that's okay. But I also wanted to find a way to engage those people who were maybe not as comfortable putting something in Ravelry into a forum. All those people who are just not on Ravelry full stop. I mean, that is a thing. And find a way to speak to them. And that was on Facebook and is on Facebook currently. But again, I'm not loving Zuckerberg right now. And I'm not loving that platform as something that's encouraging a lot of chatter. So I need to make another plan for the community, but that's by the by. But basically when I've been spending a bit more time recently in Ravelry looking for patterns, I've had these yarns that I want to make something with and I've spent a bit more time browsing the catalogue and looking at things and been getting back into those pattern picks that we both know I love. And just noticing that I've got a lot of stuff in my library that I've had and I was really excited about and still I'm excited about and I completely forgotten was there and I'd like to revisit those and just clear that out make it a little bit more these are the things that I definitely want to make and these are the things I definitely want to keep and maybe find a new home for other stuff patterns and yarns basically that's just not they need clearing out of there because it's just too much to look at. And then I'm thinking once I'm back and I've arranged the patterns, I can match, maybe think about matching some stuff with stash. Although again, I'm already feeling like I want to rebel against that, but I'll have a better idea of what I want to be making and and why I want to make it. So in terms of like the make nine 2019 thing, I think I'm going to look at people's pattern ideas and make a note of anything that I think would be nice to make, but I'm not going to commit to doing nine in 2019 because I feel like that loses the spontaneity I feel like I would have to keep to those nine I feel like I'm not going to get through nine from you know from the get-go unless I pick smaller things that I don't necessarily want to make because I'm filling it for garments at the moment so I don't I don't know because it's like I have some ideas of things that I would actually like to design and make because I can't find patterns for it on Ravelry and I can see in my head that what I want particularly stuff that's beaded. So I don't really want to kind of commit to doing that and then feel bad when I don't get there because I already know I'm not going to get there before I've even started. So whilst it's nice to set knitting goals and it's nice to think of like a make nine challenge, if you want to do that and you find that particularly motivating, then I would definitely go for it and do it. But in my case, I'm just not going to. Like I know now if I said I was going to do nine in 19, I'll still be working on the first one at the end of the year and I'd feel bad and I've done everything else other than the ones that I wanted to do, which I would have picked because I wanted to do them, right? That's the whole point. And then I wouldn't have done them because I'd decided that I had to do them and then I would feel obliged and then I wouldn't want to do them. It's just what I'm like with Manitin. When it comes to something super creative like that, I just don't want to feel obliged. And I don't want to commit to all of that at the beginning of the year and then feel guilty that I've not done it. 
So if you are like me, if you're not going to be making nine in 2019, that's completely cool. It's all good for us to explore our creativity and our making in whichever way we feel like doing it. And I would love to have nine finished things by the end of 2019. In fact, I'm hoping I'll have more perhaps next year. But I don't really want to commit to those now. What I'm going to do is use everyone else's work that they're doing on that and surf the hashtag and look at what my friends are going to be making and use it as an inspirational activity rather than feeling that feeling of FOMO for not getting involved. Because you know, tastes change. Even over the, the, the course of a year, your tastes will change and your ideas and your needs will change. So I'm going to take it from that point of view in terms of planning a year of knitting. And it seems a little bit like this podcast has kind of gone around the subject of planning a year of knitting rather than gone into the subject of planning a year of knitting, which is what the title was and the plan was originally. But I guess that's my thought process around it at the moment. And I said, like, I don't, I don't really have a methodology for you right now as to how to approach planning a year of knitting because I feel like for me, I'm not in that space where I'm like, how would I approach this? What would I do? I'm still feeling it out. That's why I've shared the process with you and talked around the process because I can't give you a step-by-step or a methodology at this point in time that I've tried and has worked because I've tried planning knitting before and I always feel that kind of pushback against feeling obliged to do things because I said I would do them on social media or told you guys I was going to do them and then those projects have just stalled because it just doesn't feel right. So they're my kind of thoughts around that planning process and I'm interested to hear from you. Are you the kind of knitter that likes to plan your stuff in advance? Are you the kind of knitter that likes to do that amazing thing where you pick something you want to make and then you buy the pattern and then you go buy the yarn and then you make it and wear it and then you pick a new thing and you go get the stuff for that leaving minimal stash are you that knitter I know someone I know a couple of people like this are you a knitter who is happy to accumulate a little bit of stash And you don't necessarily know what you're going to make with it when you get it. You just know you like it. And you have like a loose pattern collection, a loose yarn collection, and then they all kind of speed date. And then you've decided what you want to make and you rattle through it because I know knitters like that too. Are you just, I love the yarn, I need to have it. And you just accumulate yarn and you don't know what it's going to be. And you've got no plan, but you're okay, you're free. You're easy with that. Are you that kind of knitter? Are you very affected by your exterior environment and you just want to knit whatever suits at that time, even though by the time you finished it, it's probably going to be shawl weather? I'm really interested to hear. I'd love to know your thoughts. If you're over in the group on Facebook, we'll do a little poll, I think, and we can find out which which camp you're in because I'm really interested to hear. If you're in a completely different camp that I don't know about right now, please do tell me as well because I'm just super interested to hear about how people approach their craft and the ways that they think around what they are making because, yes, it's a very tactile thing, but it's also quite a cerebral thing for a lot of people and I just like to hear the stories. So that's all we've got time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show and 
it's loose format this week. As you can appreciate, I did not necessarily have the time because I was busy painting my own suite too. <laughs> not, not even joking, like I did not have the time full stop to really sit down and make this a structured episode. And I felt like it was a better idea just to share what's going on with you and the thoughts around that so we can get a bit of a conversation going really because I'm interested in your opinions. I will hopefully be back next week. Well, I'll have to be a little bit flexible on it because I'm I'm going to have just basically been for a visa medical in Beijing on Christmas Day. But there will be something next week. I'm not sure if it'll definitely be this day. On Tuesday, it might be a day either side. I'll try my best for you. But until then, I hope you have a lovely week. Happy crafting and I'll speak to you all again soon. Cheers. You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. Show notes for this episode can be found on the website at shinybees.com forward slash 128. And you can come and join us in the Shiny Bees community at shinybees.com forward slash community where we'll look forward to chatting to you there.